listening to the Australian Army Training and Doctrine Podcast. This is Exercise Hamill 2016, and I've come to the Combat Training Centre to meet Warrant Officer Class 2 Luke Burgess, who's in the Tactical Analyst cell here. So tell us, what does that involve? Um, being a tactical analyst, I'm sort of a, a small cog in a bigger machine, so it's the machine being the data collection uh, component of Exercise Hamill. So we have what we call observer trainers out on the ground collecting that data. That data is fed into the analyst cell where I work from via tablets and essentially like a Wi-Fi network that data will end up punching through our system and ending up in the tax cell as we call it and where we can process the data and then move it through to the next level of analysis I guess. And the data that comes through to you, you must have lots to choose from. So how do you decide what data and what observations to include and what to leave out? We have to have a holistic approach to analysing the data. Sometimes negative data is also usable data. We're given a few guidelines as to what type of data we're looking for to start from. So we have what we call mission essential tasks which range from deploying the force out here, the, the planning and the orders that goes into deploying the force and um, generating that force power, all the way through to um, assault, stabilisation operations, that type of thing. So once we've established the METs, that then gives us something to compare against when we're capturing that data and to make sure that we are capturing that data. And using that, we can identify what we've got observers covering off on to capture that data and where the holes are so we might be able to adjust our observation focus in those areas that we need further collection on. How do you go about then collecting the right data so that you can then put the right results into the system? It's a bit of a test and adjust process so we've got a lot of the observer body come from combat training centre so we do this for a living. We've got a lot of augmentees come in from army wide that are assisting uh, with the observer trainer and the uh, collection process. So we've tried to distribute those guys evenly throughout throughout the uh, blue force in order to cross-pollinate that experience. So we use them as a bit of a conduit to pass on direction. Okay, So for example your unit is collecting quite strongly in this one area. We've got to be could have situation awareness as to what activities they haven't and, and have done and then uh, once we've analysed that we can say okay we have very little or no data in this aspect can you now focus your efforts on this to try to get that holistic collection from across the board. And you're an observer trainer yourself aren't you? Yes I'm um, artillery background so my specialty is in offensive support but for this exercise I've been recruited into the tactical analyst cell so it's a good rounding it's good to see how the the combat training center as an organization works so i'm getting a good diverse experience of how the organization participates and how it trains army from your experience what do you think makes a good observer trainer i guess just by virtue of our rank a lot of the observer trainers have a lot of experience in army a lot of us are captains and wo2s the organisation of CTC is designed around a combat team. So for these type of exercises we have to draw in, as I mentioned before, from wider army to get that rank appropriate cover down from the observer trainers down onto the, the training unit that they're observing. So we, everyone from 
colonels down to pretty much sergeant would probably be the lowest level observer trainer. So just by virtue of that rank, there's a lot of experience that they bring. So that qualifies them to make the observations that they're making. And what makes a good observation when it's actually captured? Is it the wording? Is it the nature of, of what's been observed? Yeah, the, the key to a good observation is having a uh, quality of aspect to it. So stating a fact isn't enough. We need to know how they've performed, if it was adequate, if it, and if it wasn't adequate, and if not, why. Just helps us create that picture. We're not out on the ground, and the people that see the data that we produce aren't out on the ground when the observation's made. So um, having that qualitative statement in there and that evidence actually paints that picture so that further down the analysts and eventually the evaluator can make an evaluation based off that data. In terms of your own experience then, if you think about the kinds of observations that you've captured over time, what difference do you think they've made to the people that you were training and mentoring? Capturing the data has its benefits when it comes to presenting the information back to the training unit. We try to draw out the teaching points from the training unit themselves and sometimes we just need to plant that seed and we get that seed from the data that we capture and we might phrase it in a question such as, so how do you think you went during that phase of the assault? Obviously we've already formed our own observation and, and have put that observation in and then hopefully we draw out that from the unit themselves and if not we'll just coach them through that process of self-identifying what they could have done better, what they've done well. It's very important that they recognise what they've done well as well in order to maintain that but also develop themselves. And how would you describe then that balance between observing, training and mentoring? How does that work on the ground? It's, it can be received differently depending on personalities. As you can imagine in any environment, you have people that uh, think they're doing a really good job and when they have that criticism or have an observation made against them, they may receive it well or they may not. So very much personality driven, but more often than not, it's usually well received. They conduct these type of activities for self-improvement and I guess it would be sometimes foolish to sort of not take any advice that was given to you. Whether you think that advice is qualified or not, I guess is a different matter. Have you had any cases then in your own experience where perhaps you have noticed that somebody is not performing in the way that you feel that they should be and perhaps they have struggled to take on that feedback? And if so, how have you then dealt with it? As an observer trainer, we try not to interfere too much. Once the activity starts, we call it that the, uh, the phrase we use is inside the box. We try to let them uh, do whatever that they intend to do inside that box if there's little disruption from ourselves. I guess if we try to let the scenario play out with as little disruption as possible from ourselves, during natural pauses during the activity, we may use that moment to sort of ask them how they think they went. Again, it's more about trying to draw that information out of themselves. So we facilitate a lot of self-reflection. Sometimes, occasionally, you will have to spell that out to them. And again, the disclaimer is, my opinion is this, or have you considered that? And if they don't take it on, then, then so be it. A lot of the time, if they do disregard good advice and the mission goes pear-shaped, then they might have that penny drop moment and go, oh, okay, yep, got it now. Yep, I'll, I'll now know for next time. 
in your area of expertise, which is artillery, are there particular types of feedback that you find yourself regularly having to give? Are there regular things that come up time and again in your experience as an observer trainer? <laughs> I guess for artillery, we support other other elements out in the battlefield. So the key thing for gunners is that relationship with the manoeuvre commander. We bring a lot to the party and I think it's sometimes a hard sell when you're not in a real conflict that the effects of artillery uh, can be quite catastrophic on the enemy and it's very hard to simulate that in a training environment just because of the sheer devastation that artillery can bring. So having that rapport with the manoeuvre commanders, being able to explain the capability that you bring and how you can enhance that commander's plan and support him because everyone is striving for the success of the mission. That's probably been a, a common theme is having those personalities interact with the commander and sort of really sell him on what we can bring to the party to achieve that mission. How important then is simulation as part of what you do given the nature of offensive support? The simulation of artillery is probably one of the, the trickier things to simulate. The simulation down at section and platoon level is quite easy. They're firing a laser line of sight from one soldier to the next, so it's pretty cut and dry. But because of the nature of artillery firing indirectly, so through the air at a target you can't see, is a further challenge. So we do have the LIS system in the exercise control centre, so if someone does call in what we call a fire mission with the coordinates of an enemy target, those coordinates will go to the control centre and if there's enemy in that location, then the harnesses that they're fitted out with will be alerted to the fact that they're receiving indirect fire. But again, it, it's just a harness making a beeping noise. It's not an earth-shattering kaboom that, in reality, an artillery shell coming your way would provide. But yeah, it's a work in progress. In terms then of exercise, Hamill, what do you expect to be the outcome in terms of the, the training contribution that you're able to make at the Combat Training Centre? For exercise, Hamill, I think it's important that we train and we get feedback on how we've trained. If, use the analogy of a football game you your coach takes you up to the point where you run on the field and at the moment we're in the phase where the, the game's on we're playing a game for 80 minutes if come end of the game we've won or we've lost it, it doesn't matter we you still need to know and provide feedback to the players as to okay you've done really well because of this you could have done better because of that we need to know if we understood the opposition as well as we should have we want to know if we used our stronger players to target their weaker players so using that analogy is sort of what the outcome of all our data analysis is. So we can provide that hard, honest feedback back to the training unit and say, hey, next time we do this, we'll be better for it because of the feedback and the data that we captured from the last time we did it. Warrant Officer Class 2, Luke Burgess, thank you very much. This is Captain Sharon Maskeldare reporting from Exercise Hamill 2016. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.